0: Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. Who are the top producing real estate agents and teams in the country? And what are their secrets? That's the topic of today's Housing Wire Daily, where my guest is Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends. The Real Trends Plus Tom Ferry The Thousand list was just released today, and we're diving into who ranked highest and why. Tracy, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on at such an exciting and busy time for Real Trends. And that is when you release the rankings that we've been waiting for all year. So that's what we want to talk about today. Super excited. So give us some, some background about what these agent and team rankings look like, what people should be looking for that's live today on Realtrends.com. So we want to kind of outline what that looks like. Sure. So um, every year for, I think, the past
1: um, 20 years, we've done rankings of real estate agents and real estate teams. And the first ranking that is going live tomorrow is the 1,000. And that ranks the top 1,000 agents and teams in the United States. And we break it down um, in an interesting way. And there's a reason for that. So in the individual agents, we, we have 250 agents by volume by sales volume and then we have 250 agents by transaction sides Um, and then with the teams we divide it by team size and then again by the transaction side and sales volume and we really do that um, to more fairly display the information especially with the sales volume versus transaction sides. I mean, if you're in a specialty niche in a luxury market or a geographic area that has a high concentration of high-priced homes, your sales volume is going to be higher compared to agents who might specialize in lower priced markets or specialize in kind of volume of listings. So their transaction sides are higher. So so yeah, that's how that's how we we break it up. We have our next ranking, um, which is America's Best launching on June fifteenth, And America's Best is the next level of top agents and teams. And it's divided by state. So you can see the top teams and agents by state with that ranking.
0: These are, you know, people in real estate are are following these very closely. It is such an incredible program. And part of it is just the wealth of data that you guys have. And the fact that it goes back so long, did you say... How many years have you been collecting this data? Oh, gosh. Um, I, it's been over twenty, so you know <laughs> I, I
1: don't know the exact number to be honest with you, but we've we're we're the only um, ones who actually rank this data. And we've been doing it for a long time. So
0: it is, you know, anytime I meet people in real estate, this is what they know Real Trends for. You know, the, the great thing about Real Trends is you also have a wealth of other news and information on their opinion pieces. It's a, it's a very robust site, but this might be what you're most famous for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, we rank brokerage firms, we rank agents and teams, um, and then we do a lot of data uh, based on the data that we collect with this we do a lot of different reports on productivity and um you know just insights into agents and teams so
0: well let's dive into some of those insights you know you had um well, talk first about the number of qualifying submissions this year it's amazing um we had 31%
1: more submissions this year than last year so in 2021 we had about 18,236 qualified submissions. There is a minimum that you have to meet before you qualify. Um, this year, we had 23,910 qualifying submissions for the rankings. And of course, a lot of that has to do with the booming real estate market. Um, you know, we've had some record years, and that means that agents have also had record years and qualified Um the other interesting thing is we had 1.2 trillion of total volume submitted, um, which is amazing.
0: That is amazing, and you know, I mean, when you think about the mortgage boom, so much of that was refis, but all of these are these are like houses uh, transacting, right? I mean, this isn't just yes. this. There's no refis in this. This is like a a physical asset changing hands. Yes, absolutely. Which is pretty crazy. Um, Well, let's talk about, you know, you mentioned, you know, part of this is just, you know, the last couple of years we've had, we are now in a historically low inventory environment. You know, I think it, it rose a little bit over the last month. And so I think we're just off the low, but we're still just, you know, there's hardly any homes to buy. That's going to seemingly really affect productivity. I mean, you can only sell what there is. So, You know, tell me a little bit about what you expect productivity in a low inventory environment. Sure. And, um, you know, from the rankings, which is
1: really the real trends plus Tom Ferry, the thousand. And and it's also well advertised in the Wall Street Journal. So it's a it's a pretty high level um, ranking But the inventory issue didn't seem to be a problem for these real estate agents and teams. I mean, they closed an average of 241.2 transaction sides in 2021, which is when we pulled the data for the 2022 rankings. And that's up from 211 transaction sides in 2020. So the inventory issue didn't really seem to be an issue. And I think that really um, shows you the fact that there were homes to sell. They just weren't hanging around. So they weren't part of the actual inventory because they sold so quickly.
0: That is a fantastic point that what we talk about, you know, what's listed as inventory can be a little bit misleading as far as that. That doesn't mean everything that is listed. That doesn't mean everything that um, got bought and sold. So I think that's a, a fantastic point. I also wonder, though, if it's if part of this is like the most productive agents or teams are the ones who are taking you know the biggest market share of whatever inventory is there.
1: Well, that is absolutely true, Um And I want to look up that statistic because we do have that. Um, So what we calculated is approximately 30,000 realtors. um, These are the individuals plus uh, the total of people on all the teams represented 2% of all realtors um, in in the country based on the National Association of Realtors, um, you know, uh, membership and but they had 15.3% of all sides and 29.9% of total sales volume. So that actually is um is really high, but it's it's also interesting that only 2% of all realtors did, you know, almost 28% of total sales volume in the United States.
0: That is crazy. I mean, not unexpected when you think about, you know, you have your high-end realtors who, you know, they sell three houses and, you know, that's the volumes there. But even the the other number of the sides really, really tells a story. That's an outsized performance for that 2%. Yeah.
1: And um, what is also interesting is that the, I think 96% of the individuals were associated with a well-known national or regional brand and 94% of the teams were with a well-known regional or national branded brokerage firm. So, um, you know, the, the brand is, is definitely something they're interested in and, um, they, they want to be a part of.
0: Well, and I also think, you know, that this is where that, you know, this is why people join brands, right. Is because there's that overall, um, understanding, you know, from a, from a consumer standpoint, what those are, they're, they're known values. They're being advertised in different ways. There's, you know, the aggregate of the advertising while those local people, you know, it, it adds up to more than the sum sum of its parts is what I would say. Well, tell me a little bit about small teams. Uh, One of the findings that you had was that small teams led the productivity. I was surprised by that. Why do you think that, you know, tell us a little bit about the small teams that are at the top and why you think that they're leading in productivity.
1: Sure. So small teams um, are one to five licensed members. And they close more transactions than the medium-sized, which is six to 10 members, and the large teams, which is 11 to 20 members, which is really interesting. And we're, we're still digging into some of these insights. Um, it, it takes a while to get a final review of, of the 1,000, and we have that now. So we're doing some, some deeper dives. But What we're what we're thinking is that it's possibly because smaller teams have closer relationships with their agents and tighter controls. But we also think that maybe the larger teams are um, challenged by the experienced internal agents who want higher splits and which is the same problem that major brokerages face and have for years. So it's the recruiting and development that might be an issue for these for these teams.
0: I think that is so interesting. And I wonder if that's going to change or continue over the next couple of years in this environment. What do you think that that's something that we could continue to see? I'm not really sure, to be honest with you.
1: Um, I think, yes, that that's a challenge that has faced um, larger teams and brokerage firms for years It's just the challenge of recruiting and developing talent. And if you have a smaller team and and you're not growing and, and that team kind of stays intact, then it makes sense because those um, team members are going to be more experienced and close more sales and 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 that. So it could be that the smaller teams are really interested in in staying small, whereas the medium and large size teams are in the middle of scaling up, and so their agent productivity is is down a bit just because of that.
0: And you know, you talk a lot in your um, you write the uh, broker source newsletter for us, and you have actually a really big audience mm-hmm. for that. And one of the things that you come back to again and again is culture. You also talk about recruiting <laughs> and and retaining and, and that, but culture is is a big factor for you and what you see across some of these things. What I mean, I know you're not measuring culture, but is there something about the culture of a smaller team?
1: Um it could be, although there are huge brokerage firms who with their, you know, because of their culture are able to continue to grow and attract and retain talent. So I don't necessarily think that size matters when it comes to culture. I think it's really all about the leader and how much um, time they're spending on their recruiting and retention, how how um, much time they're spending building relationships with their individual agents and really focusing on you know, what they, you know, the culture of their firm or their team, you know, who they want to be, and they have it pretty well defined. So I don't think
0: size really matters when it comes to that. That's great to know. What are some of the standout things when you look through the rankings, when you guys all were doing it, what are some of the things that really stood out to you as like, wow, this is, this is different?
1: Well, this isn't really different, but it is controversial every year when it comes to the top individuals. A lot of based on our our criteria, and we've gone through and um, redefined this multiple times, and have found that this is really the best way to to rank um, you know these these teams and individuals. But what we're finding. Is that a lot of individuals have um, in the top of the list have organized their business with a system that allows them massive volume or sides. And that system is generally a system of MLS only or, um, or type, you know, basically offering different services at different price points. And so they're able to list a lot of homes or sell a lot of homes, and and have a team, but the team is not does not consist of licensed realtors, and that is really important in, in our definition. Um, when we talk about a team, we're talking about an agent who has um, you know one or more licensed real estate agent. Below them, you can have a team of all unlicensed assistants, like some of these individuals have, and run all of the business through one selling agent. Which means that your volume or your transaction sides will be really high, um, and a lot of them are, are pretty unique models, and um, they they're not preparing a home for sale, scheduling showings, or or negotiating. They're simply entering the home on the local MLS and getting paid a fee for that, and and are the, so they're able to scale in a way that we've we've not seen um, in the early days of the rankings.
0: You know, it's um, that is something that you see in all sorts of professions. You know, over the last twenty years, that sort of like run everything through one licensed person, whether that's like, um, I'm, I'm very familiar with, you know, on the medical side, like physical therapy, for instance. So you now have, you know, people who are, um, physical therapy assistants, you know, you know, but it all runs through the licensed person nursing, different, different things have done that. I I would assume though, that that is not popular among other agents who feel like, Hey, you know, we're the ones doing all the work here.
1: Yes. And that is exactly right. If you're an individual agent and, um, you're, you're selling real estate and you're doing it all on your own with, with a team of assistants who are unlicensed. Um, you know, you don't really feel like it's fair when someone has a software system that allows them to do massive transaction sides and volume. However, under our definitions, and again, we've done tons of research on this and and retweaked this over and over again. But what it comes down to is that you really you you can't punish these innovative individual agents for coming up with with a system that allows them to do this kind of volume and and transactions.
0: Yeah, it, it is interesting. Well, what are some of the who are some of the at the top of the rankings that you know, you'd want to point out?
1: Um, sure. So, if you're talking about these these MLS only systems, it's really they dominate the the top of the individuals by volume and transaction sides. Ben Caballero has been the number one for for years on our rankings, and he uses a software to put homes on the MLS, but he works with home builders um, to put like newly constructed homes on the market in bulk. So that is his his business model. Um, Christian Angle also has an MLS only brokerage and Ralph Harvey with listwithfreedom.com is is the same. Um, when you're looking at the teams though, you you have true teams and it's a mix of volume tends to be um, you know the top three are all in California, different areas of California, but still in California. And these are true teams. They are, they are not MLS only or flat fee MLS or, or anything. They're, they're teams selling generally luxury properties. Um, the transaction sides, on the other hand, um, the top three are from Oregon, Missouri, and Nevada. And they've just built, um, you know, their one is an ERA powered team, one's with Keller Williams, and one's a HomeSmart. And so they've just built um, efficient teams that, that are able to sell a lot of properties.
0: I guess Missouri went on there as a surprise to me. I mean, Oregon makes sense because I mean, again, a very high priced area. Nevada, when you think about all the people, you know, fleeing fleeing from California potentially, but Missouri is is a surprise. Yeah, and we've had we actually had um, several brokerages
1: um, in the top 500 at the top of the 500 from Missouri as well. So
0: I I, I don't really know why. I'd have to look into why, but um, they're they're doing really well there. So. I think that that would give everybody, you know, like, oh, hey, it's not just like, hey, if I'm not in a coastal area, if, if luxury is not my main focus, you know, how high on on rankings can I go? And obviously, you know, that they're they're building their business and doing what they want, uh, regardless of our rankings. But I, I'm sure that everybody wants to do more sides and more business. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, what what's we've
1: had, we have quite a few Douglas Elliman teams as well, that seems to be in the top In the top three in multiple categories, Um, medium by volume, they're usually by volume because, again, they're in in higher priced areas Um, and several Florida teams as well, again, um, in higher priced areas. But the mega teams are interesting as well, because generally the mega teams also have more of a platform platform. Um, and can be in multiple states. For example, Mark Spain Real Estate, while he runs a brokerage, it's more of a teamerage, so everything runs through him. Um, Place Inc. is also a a team platform, but the but the way that they um, they categorize their their sales and their transaction sites is all through one place. Um, and Robert Slack, he's been on the rankings for a long time as well. And, and he does the same. So the mega teams are, have an interesting business model as well. It's not just usually this huge team that works in one place. They generally work in multiple states and have expanded much like a brokerage would.
0: I feel like there are so many stories here. And I know you and your team have already been working on breaking down some of these really interesting, you know, breaking down the rankings into like, hey, let's talk about this. Um, and you're going to be rolling those out over the next couple of weeks. So I encourage everyone go over to realtrends.com. You can look at the rankings. You can also do deeper dives into each each part of these and and some of the people who are at the top. Absolutely.
1: Yep. Everything will be live tomorrow on the site. We've got lots of great articles, some digging into the, um, you know, the MLS only team as individuals. And then we've got some top agent Q and A's that we're, we're posting. So lots of good stuff on the site uh, for the rankings.
0: Absolutely. Well, we're, we're uh, recording this a day early, so that's actually already up uh, by the time you hear this. So go check it out. Tracy, thanks so much for being on when I know this is an incredibly busy season for you. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
1: How have the 2022 housing market forecasts changed or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW Plus, answers questions like these, and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW Plus membership, you get access to longer form digital content, The Housing Wire Magazine, member-exclusive rates to in-person events like Housing Wire Annual, and more.
0: Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. We'll see you back here on Monday for more news and insight.